Well, good morning. Go ahead and grab your Bible. Go to Daniel chapter 10. And I have a question before we get started. Have you ever wondered uh, what spiritual warfare looked like? Just have you ever wanted to uh, like pull back this curtain uh, and just see what a spiritual world looked like? What the spiritual warfare looked like around us? I know for me, I have. Um, and a lot of times we do get a glimpse of spiritual warfare in our life. Um, but I've, I've seen this, this thing of, that's terrifying, you know? You kind of just like imagine this, this fight's going on, this war's going on, this battle that's taking place. And, and today we're going to look at that. What Daniel chapter 10 does for us is it gives us a glimpse of spiritual warfare. And, and the, throughout this passage, it could be a little bit terrifying, it could be terrifying in the way that we, we look at Daniel as he's receiving this vision and what happens to him as he's watching this vision, as he hears about this vision. So this morning, what I want us to do based on spiritual warfare is we're going to look at four things that spiritual warfare does for us because we can learn something from spiritual warfare. We can learn uh, what the spiritual wor- world is going to teach us. But what I want to remind you is this is a small glimpse Daniel chapter 10 gives us a small glimpse of spiritual warfare. And I think that because if, if God truly revealed absolutely everything that he knows, we would either, in one state, we would act like God. We would say, hey, I know it all. I don't need a savior. I don't need someone to help me because I know everything. So what I think God does is, is he gives us a glimpse of things. He gives us enough information on what we need to know what we can take away from it. He doesn't give us all of it because he wants to protect us. He wants to save us from things. He can't sit here and just go, hey, this is what the spiritual world looks like. This is what you're missing because we would probably be very terrified. Something would scare us in that. So I want to show you guys four things this morning on what that does for us. So before we jump into our text, let's pray for our text to speak to us this morning. God, thank you for another morning. God, where we can gather together both in person and online. God, we can worship you. God, we can open scripture and we can, we can hear your voice this morning as we gather together. God, allow your scripture to speak to each person that is listening this morning. God, be, allow me to be your hands and feet. God, I want your words to be proclaimed this morning. God, to where it changes our hearts, to where it changes our life, it changes our view on spiritual warfare and the things that we must do when spiritual warfare comes upon us. And God, what we can do during that time. It's in your name. Amen. So let's jump right in with key point number one. Spiritual warfare involves divine action. Look at right here, verse one. In the third year of King Cyrus of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belshazzar. The message was true and was about a great conflict. He understood the message and had understanding of the vision. So the message was true, meaning that it comes from God. And it's about a great conflict. The NIV version tells us it's about a great war. It tells us a great war is happening. And it's the biggest war that goes around us right now. It's a spiritual war. It's going around right now. It's constant. It's still happening today. We don't even see it, though, and it's hard to comprehend it. And, it. and it makes you look at this, and you see where Daniel's getting another tough vision. 
He's receiving another painful vision. But once again, it's necessary for Daniel to receive this vision because Daniel's going to prepare others for what's to come. Once again, he's going to prepare others for what's to come. God takes the initiative to give Daniel not only another vision, but a tough one. And if, if I'm Daniel in this position, I've got to be like, God, please stop. You know, if I'm in Daniel's shoes, I'm going to be, God, stop giving me these visions. I can't keep taking this over and over and over. But the great thing that we realize with the other visions is there's still hope at the end of it. They, they, some of these visions are tough. Some of them are painful. But there's a hope at the end of it. But Daniel's got to be sitting here going, God, please give me a break. Let me take a break. One that would cause Daniel to mourn and become weak. The end of the verse one tells us that Daniel understood the message. He had an understanding of the vision. Well, where did that understanding come from? We skip down to verse 12. And verse 12 is going to be very important today for us. We're going to keep going back to verse 12 over and over. But look back at verse 12. Don't be afraid, Daniel, he said to me. For from the first day that you proposed to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your prayers were heard. I have come because of your prayers. Something can be learned from Daniel. If nothing else comes from Daniel, is that we need to have humble prayers in my life, in our lives. We need to have humble prayers. We need to realize that we're not going to understand all things. That we're not going to sit here and we're going to have all this understanding that God has. But we have to understand that we need to be humble. Daniel humbles himself. He sets his heart out to understand what God wants to reveal. He makes it a point. He makes it necessary to say, God, I need to humble myself and pray to you if I want to receive information and understanding of another vision. Jeremiah 29 tells us that if we seek God, we will find him. If we seek him wholeheartedly with all of our heart, we will find God. The key there is, is not this, this half-hearted type feeling, but every single day we, we wake up and we say, God, I'm going to humble myself and say, teach me today. Teach me something new. Teach me how do you want me to live my life today. This is what Daniel does. Is he's waking up and he's saying, God, I'm going to live full heart for you. I'm not going to live this half-hearted life where I pray on Sunday mornings or I pray randomly throughout the week when I really need something. No, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to approach you every single day until you reveal to me. And Daniel sought the Lord and the Lord answered, look, our God is present and he's not silent. Isn't it great that we don't serve a God that's a statue or just on a mantle somewhere and we're like, we, we approach it and it's, and it's like, God, speak to me. No, our God isn't silent. Our God wants to speak to us and he wants to hear from you. We should be thankful in that way, case. We should be thankful that we serve a talking God, one that will reveal himself when we seek him wholeheartedly.